All right, all right. Hey, my name is Colin Sosby. I serve as the student pastor here at Gateway. It is an absolute honor uh, to be able to share God's word with you. Uh, You know, it takes a lot of trust to let a student pastor up here, especially when you're on sabbatical. Uh, So it's a big thank you to Pastor Blake uh, and just trusting me uh, in the short time he's gotten to know me uh, to be up here with you. Uh, And to our elders as well who are here uh, that get to uh, have the opportunity to hear me and decide if I get a second week or not. So it's a big deal. Uh, But it's an absolute honor. Uh, So I kind of want to just, you know, we're kind of new. We're, you know, working on three months here. Uh, at Gateway, and so I know some of us are like, you're looking at me like, why is this, who is this? Uh, So we're going to just kind of, uh, you know, remove that barrier a little bit, if you're cool with that, all right? Is that all right? All right, good deal. Uh, So I think there should be a picture up here of my family, uh, and so potentially. Um, And so you'll see we have two sweet boys, uh, Cohen and Graham. Graham will be turning nine months here in a few days, uh, and Cohen is three years old. Uh, As much as that is a humble brag, uh, that is a prayer request, okay? Uh, This, our life is preschool ministry uh, the whole entire time, so y'all say a prayer for Emily as well, uh, because she has to deal with these two rascals. Uh, And so uh, it's an absolute joy. And then me and my wife, we just celebrated six years of marriage, uh, you know, which is a prayer request for her, yeah. Uh, she's had to deal with me for six years, um, and as great as I am, uh, that's it's a lot, okay? When you marry a student pastor, you don't really know what's going on, uh, you know, or maybe her prayer life wasn't working in those six years, I don't know. Um, but she gets to deal with me, uh, and so this is uh, our family. Uh, so when Graham was born, uh, September 1st, our world completely changed, but so did Cohen's. Uh, Cohen went from being uh, the only child, the star, the center of attention, to being the center of attention that had to share a little bit of that spotlight he hasn't really learned how to share yet. Um, And so we kind of had to learn to adjust. And I remember uh, just the the craziness of, one, not sleeping, uh, you know, ever in those few weeks uh, and still now. Uh, And then also I remember the fact of like having to just teach him like, hey, here's a new normal. Uh, and that was an adjustment for everybody, but it was a major adjustment in his life as well. Um, and so I remember like, you know, hey, we walked through Target. It's his favorite store, his favorite place to be. Uh, and I remember walking through the aisles and going through the toy section and he eyed this bad boy right here, all right? Train set. Every boy's dream is to own a train set. Uh, every dad's dream is to be able to build this so he could tear it down. Uh, and so I remember uh, holding this and saying, hey, buddy, this is yours. We got this for you. Uh, we had a little bit of a bro date, ate some barbecue like, you know, true men, uh, and, you know, just had some uh, fun with that. Uh, and I remember just being able to come home to this and how excited he was to literally just put this together, which meant dad's putting this together. Uh, And so I remember uh, putting it together, you know, I mean, you could kind of somewhat see maybe potentially there's 47 pieces in this thing. Uh, About 10 of those are not train set pieces, but it's fine. False advertisement. We're good. Uh, And so I remember I'm putting this together for him, uh, frustrated because I always felt like we were like one piece short. And so the train pieces wouldn't connect. And I remember being like, I'm about to call the company. Like, they, they, made, they made a mistake. And so I'm like, I'm putting it together a thousand different ways. Never could get it right. And then I'm like looking at this picture, and I'm like, there's no way that that ever happens. And then surely you follow it step by step, and it actually connects. And it's like, oh, man, maybe it was just user error. No big deal. But I remember this kind of becoming a picture, especially for where we're headed uh, this morning in Proverbs 4. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Proverbs 4. Uh, that way we can kind of get ahead of it. But 
this was kind of the picture of what it looked like. Last week, uh, Stephen did an amazing job talking through Proverbs 3. What does it look like to make a decision? Uh, biblically, what does it even mean to trust the Lord? What does that look like? And in Proverbs 4, he's kind of picking back up and saying, hey, this is what it's like right? Uh, And he gives some really strong advice, and it was kind of this picture, when I'm thinking about this train set, we see the picture, this is the promise of what it looks like when it's done right. Now, you could do it a thousand different ways, just never ask me to do it, I can't get you there, but this is the picture of what it looks like. So in Proverbs 3, when we say, hey, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, lean not on your own understanding, uh, but in all your ways, trust him, he'll make your path straight, that's that picture, of like, we're holding on to it, like, man, he's going to make my way straight. Like, it's going to be easy. Sometimes we think that. And then we get into the process, which is opening it up, this box, to try to put together the train. And that's where we get frustrated, right? Why is Proverbs 4 important for us? It's a great question. I'm glad you asked. Proverbs 4 is important for us because when we all are walking through the process and we're just walking through life and living life, we keep holding on to this picture of, hey, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. He'll make your path straight. And then it seems like life keeps throwing these curveballs. Like, okay, hey, we just received a bad diagnosis. Or, hey, my boss called me into his office and we've got to talk. You've received some really bad news. It's like we, we trusted in the Lord, and this is what he said, and this is how he led us. And why does it keep on seeming like it's curveball after curveball, mistake after mistake, or heartbreak after heartbreak? And Proverbs 4 is going to give us this, this reminder. It's like part two of Proverbs 3 of like, hey, when we're trusting in the Lord with all your heart, here are three things you need to do. Uh, and to kind of put the cart before the horse a little bit, what he's going to warn us here is to say, hey, you need to treasure wisdom, You need to walk in wisdom, and you need to protect your heart for wisdom. Uh, So in Proverbs 4, verse 1, he says, Hear, O sons, a father's instruction. Be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, Let your heart hold fast to my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get insight. Do not forget Do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will keep you. Love her, and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Uh, So Solomon here is writing this, uh, the author of Proverbs, wisest man on earth, and he's giving this this really this track of how to be wise in the process of life, how to be wise in the middle, how to be wise when we're, we're frustrated. Uh, and he's starting out here in these first few verses, and he's saying, hey, you need to treasure wisdom, to treasure wisdom. I mean, he, he's even saying, hey, hear, O son, a father's instruction. Be attentive that you may gain insight. He's even talking about, hey, here, uh, how do I know I'm treasuring wisdom? Because my dad told me to treasure wisdom. The king told me to treasure wisdom. He's saying, hey, get wisdom. When you get it, get insight. I mean, the, the language here is not like easy go, easy does it. Like, it's pretty, like, straightforward. Hey, hold fast to it. Keep it. Get wisdom. Do not forget. Do not turn away. 
just like how Cohen, when he received our train set that we got to treasure and still have those moments together, that's something he loves. I mean, think back for you. Like, what was the best birthday present that you ever received? What's the best Christmas gift that you ever received? I'm sure it's tucked away in the memory bank, right? Like, it's something you've not forgotten. And what is going on here is David is saying to his son, hey, get wisdom, treasure it. Love her. Uh, Throughout the book of Proverbs, it's going to kind of use wisdom in the language of wisdom being a woman. And he's saying, embrace wisdom. Embrace it. Chase after it. Treasure it. Just like that greatest trip, just like that greatest gift, treasure wisdom. So another question we just have to answer here is what is wisdom? Uh, Proverbs 1 would say the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, Uh, meaning that you have this understanding of who God is, uh, what he means, how powerful he is, uh, and how strong he is, uh, and that we would listen to his word and live in this life of surrender, knowing, hey, I'm going to walk out of that. I'm going to live my life out of the fear of God, not of I'm scared of him, but rather of, hey, I respect who he is, right? It's kind of like me. I respect and have a fear of Darren Sosby, even to this day. That's my dad. Like, there are certain, you know, things that I'm going to do to be cautious around him because I have a respect for him. And he's saying here, like, hey, God, our heavenly father, to have a fear, live out of that fear, live out of that respect. Uh, Kind of what I was thinking through this sermon, what does it mean to fear and and having that that mental image of respect and uh, kind of just this living in reverence of a person, Uh, I thought about to my basketball days. Uh, So I played basketball most of my life, loved the game, loved the sport. We would play this team uh, called White Oak, middle of nowhere from Harmony, middle of nowhere, Uh, but White Oak was a two-time state champion, back-to-back years which means like not only were they good, they were like really good, uh, dominant. Uh, and so I remember they ended up in our district both of those years, uh, which means that we played them twice a year. Uh, and in my last two years of high school, four times, and every single time, those were the most intense practices. Those were the, uh, not like, like, hey, we think we have a chance. They were really good that the score would be 70 to 20. Uh, they're winning. And that's not the final score. That was halftime score. Uh, talk about walking into a locker room uh, excited about finishing the game, right? Uh, and so I remember just the, the amount of time I took studying the scouting report, the amount of time I remember, okay, hey, that guy's got a three-point shot, and he always lines up here during this time. This is his favorite place. And it's because I had a respect for him. I didn't, like, absolutely love playing White Oak, but I loved that they were really good at the game. And I loved how much it challenged me to just press in a little bit closer and a little bit harder to that scouting report to get better as a person. And that's the kind of fear and respect that we should have for God is like this understanding of like, man, he is good. He's an undefeated champion defeating sin and death. He reigns forever. And we should treasure the words that he says. And here's the coolest part about this. The, the copy of God's word that you have with you, that's God's word. I just said it. <laughs> like he's saying, hey, treasure his word. You want wisdom? Get it. Dig into it. You want insight? Man, he is giving us the game plan right here, right in front of us. 
This is the open book test of life, right? Like, we've got it. Everybody should pass. But I know sometimes I get frustrated in the process of life and I always go back to that. Remember, I trusted God. I remember I prayed that God would do this. He would provide. And where is he? And then sometimes I have to go back to his word and get the wisdom to understand that it ain't going to be easy. That our life, like even Jesus promised, hey, you're going to have trouble. And so you treasure his wisdom to know how do I get through that frustrating process of life? Treasure wisdom. It's a gift. Here's two ways that I think I've seen in my life how I know I'm treasuring wisdom is one is you're sharing it with the next generation. I mean, just like how David treasured wisdom, his, his good precepts, the, the law, the word, and he passes it down to his son, that's how you know you're treasuring something. How do you know somebody's uh, got some good news for you? Ask them what they're going to have for lunch. They're telling you because it's a good place. They've had a good experience. They just became an evangelist for that food place. We don't hold on to good things and just say, oh, nobody else is going to know. No, we tell everybody. If you don't believe me, check Facebook. Like, it's the good, bad, and the ugly, all there. You treasure wisdom, you're passing it down to the next generation. I, like, I'm blessed that I walked into Gateway. I felt like I, you know, started off on third base, kind of cheated a little bit. The culture here is amazing. And it's because so many of you guys serve in our next generation ministries. This is why VBS here in a couple weeks is really important. Because we're getting to share the greatest treasure in the world. This is why serving in kids ministry week in and week out is awesome. I'm going to brag on a couple here at the 8 o'clock. This is why I love families like the Dags, Chris and Lori serving every single week in student ministry. Why? Because they have an opportunity to sit next to a kid who may not get wisdom from home, may not even hear about God's love anywhere else, but they'll sit there, even when it's crazy, even when it's wild. Because they treasure the wisdom that's been given to them, and they don't mind passing it off. This is why next-gen ministries matter. It's why it's the most important thing. If our kids' ministry is empty, we have to start praying. Why? Because that means we're a dying church. We need to be pursuing the next generation. We would treasure wisdom. The second way that I see this play out, how do you know you're treasuring wisdom? Is you prioritize it. This is uh, me gonna let you in behind the curtain of my life a little bit. I, I hate those red dots on my iPhone, which is like the notification of you've got something. I will get trapped into reading every single email, uh, scrolling through Instagram, checking every single notification. Uh, Facebook's the same way. I get in that trap. The hard thing about that is like, I'm telling you to prioritize God's word, prioritize wisdom. I'm the worst at it. But here's the reality is he's saying, hey, if you prioritize it, it means a lot. It's going to be the first thing that not only you open up, but it'll be the first thing that you're thinking about. You're prioritizing it in your life. That it should be an ultimate for us. Why? Because it's God's word. We would treasure wisdom. Uh, And so here's the reality. The more that you treasure wisdom, the more that you are gaining that insight, you're digging into his word, uh, you are reading it, hopefully it's sticking, right? 
But the point of Christianity and really the, the reality of our lives and a core value of our church is that we don't just treasure up all the wisdom and just don't do anything with it, but we would apply it. And how do we do that? Is my second point is that we would walk in wisdom. If you treasure it, it stays here. But where is the head knowledge becoming heart transformation, life transforming inf- uh, information from head to heart is when you walk in wisdom. Uh, what he would continue on in Proverbs 4, uh, really starting verse 10, he says, Hear my son and accept my words, the, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it. Pass on. And he continues, and even just in that passage right there that we read, it is path, direction, path, direction. He's even going to end continuing talking about a path of righteousness or or a path of wickedness. And this is the daily battle that we see every single day, is not only that we would treasure God's word, but that we would live it out. And so the reality is, is he's saying, hey, you have a choice every single moment, every single hour of the day. Walk in wisdom, walk in wickedness. This is where scripture in the New Testament, Jesus would say, hey, take up your cross, die to yourself daily. And I know some of y'all are super holy people. Uh, I would try to say that I'm holy all the time. Not perfect. But it's like dying to myself like on the hour. (laughs) To walk in wisdom is to say, hey, no to my desires and yes to his to walk down that path of righteousness. And he's warning him a lot here of like, hey, you need to do this. Why? Because it's really hard. This isn't walking in perfection. This isn't even a legalistic side of this. This is just saying, hey, I've, I've seen God's word. Here's how it applies. So at work, when you're, uh, you and a coworker are kind of having a disagreement, the Bible speaks a lot about conflict resolution that you would walk in wisdom would be how to handle this conflict the way that God sees it and the way that God described how you would handle it. All right, so I'm going to tell a little bit of a story. You're going to be so proud that I'm leading the next generation in our student ministry uh, with this story. Um, I was a very smart kindergartner. Uh, We all were, right? Uh, I was about to go to Harvard, and I just had to tell them no. I remember one time I had a friend who uh, had a candy wrapper, a candy bar wrapper, and it was red on the outside. And I remember him going up to me and saying, hey, if you put this over your eyes, everything turns red. As a kindergartner, I'm looking at that, and a very smart one at that, I'm like, of course I want to see the world turn red. Why wouldn't I? And I remember putting that over my eyes and walking, and what I realized very quickly is he lied. But I was like, maybe I'm just not like walking fast enough. So I like, started to run a little bit. Uh, in, in Harmony, Texas, at the bus stop where I was, there's a lot of poles uh, in the way. And so as fast as I'm running down, trying to see everything in the color red, my favorite color, by the way, that's the easiest way to get me and trick me, I'm running down and hit that pole. That was the moment that I realized I have terrible friends. Okay? But it was also the, like an eye-opening moment of like, okay, hey, we probably shouldn't trust everything and paths that we choose really matter. 
And the reality here is he's saying, hey, like, yeah, your step will not be hampered. If you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of the instruction. Do not let go. Guard her. She is your life. Do not enter the path of wicked. Do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. He's like this language that he's speaking here is a, a father to son instruction saying, hey, walk in wisdom. You know what the world needs more than anything is us to read the Bible and live it out. And I wish that I'm like trying to preach at you. I'm preaching to myself. Y'all just are in this room with me. But it's the reality of us needing to live in the wisdom and walk in wisdom. How do we walk in wisdom? We read wisdom. We treasure it. We soak it up and we let it pour out of our life. That's what the world needs the most. I mean, on top of that, we really need Jesus to come back. But we really need Jesus to walk in the streets, to walk in your office, to walk in this wisdom. Right? I, I'm, gonna, I'm telling on myself a lot, okay? I'm so sorry. I'm not a great driver either. So when I'm hearing paths and this, I'm like, man, this is not my kind of passage, right? Uh, you know, and somebody in this room had to deal with me at Mission Arlington and driving uh, a couple times. Uh, I have a tendency to like hear, you know, hey, turn right in six miles and think that could be forever away or think that's the next turn. Uh, and sometimes I have a tendency to talk and get distracted and that exit that was there six miles ago, I have a tendency to pass. And then I take the next exit because I'm like, well, all exits lead the same way, right? Uh, and so I'll drive and take that exit and I'll go in circle after circle after circle after circle. And he's saying here, Hey, that, that literal reminder of you, you're choosing the right path, even how it comes down to, he's like, hey, the, the way of the wicked in verse 19 says it's deep darkness. They don't know what they stumble over. They're taking that wrong exit. They don't know where they're going. What I see the most just in life general is a lot of times when chaos and, and confusion hits, is because we're not really seeking guidance in life. Just how if I take the wrong exit and I'm driving around, uh, and this is weird, especially being in uh, the DFW area and being new and not knowing exactly where to go, and you get stuck and you're like, how did I end up in Allen? I don't even know. But the reality is, it's like that's sometimes our life, is we're not being guided by anything because we never treasured wisdom. We're not walking in wisdom. The last thing I want us to see is to protect your heart for wisdom, right? Going back to that exit thing, sometimes we can get distracted. Like I see Krispy Kreme and I'm gonna instantly like somehow end up in the parking lot. He's saying the same is for your life. And it's because of the heart, right? In biblical times, they would see like the heart as being this thing that would make all the decisions, almost like how we process the minds being that, uh, they would see that and just say, hey, like your life is flowing out of your heart or, you know, even here in Proverbs 4, what we're about to read is saying to guard your heart, to protect your heart because out of it flows the, life, uh, the springs of life. Your heart is very, very deceptive and the world's worst advice that keeps on popping up in Disney movies and, and everywhere else in between, on The Bachelor, whatever you watch at home. And he's saying, hey, to protect your heart. And what the world culture is teaching is to follow your heart. 
And it's really bad advice because your heart's deceptive and it doesn't really know what it's doing. And you have to inform your heart. This is why treasuring wisdom and walking in wisdom is important because it is really rewiring your heart, your operating system, and teaching your heart to really love these things. To fall in love with Jesus more day after day, to, to read his word and to see his character and to love the way of his life, the way he designed it, rather than your own. And in Proverbs 4, he's saying, uh, my son, be attentive to my word, incline your ear to my sayings. In verse 21, let them not escape from your sight, keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. All those bad mistakes down the wrong path, healing is found here. Keep your heart with all vil- uh, vigilance for it uh, that flow the springs of life. Put away your crooked speech and devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet and then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or left. Turn your foot away from evil. Uh, Really what's going on here is that this thing is saying, hey, protect your heart and protect it with heavy duty level security. World's best security system around your heart. That's what he's saying. Why? Because a lot of it, whatever you're intaking is really about to come out of you. The things uh, your grandmother used to say of garbage in, garbage out, that was Proverbs 4. She was really holy in quoting that for you. And that's the reality, is to protect your heart, to guard it, heavy level security. This isn't dating advice, this is literally life advice. Uh, and I know that y'all are, like I said, we've already addressed it. Y'all are really holy people. Uh, so y'all have never struggled with having to listen to Metallica or, you know, uh, music like that. I mean, never, right? Uh, y'all weren't the ones burning those CDs at youth camp when your youth pastor told you to. Like, that was not you. You didn't even have them, didn't own them. Don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe. I'm the kind of person that like always thinks, but it's really, it's a good beat. (laughs) Like I'm a drummer, I love the beat, right? And I think, oh, it'll never ever pop out in my life. That'll never happen, except for slowly it does. Your heart is like a sponge and it is soaking up the things around you. Again, this is not legalism to say just to remove these things to become perfect. It's saying, no, because God is your life, wisdom is your life, uh, Jesus and his word is your life, and that you would want to become more like him, you protect your heart from things that would not uh, allow you to be more like him. You know, I love a good crime documentary. I love watching and just seeing how they caught the criminal. I also hate walking down Kroger and hearing a bump and looking over my shoulder like, who was that? Or I hate in the middle of the night hearing something going off and being thinking like, okay, somebody's here. I've been prepared. What I've been feeding my heart is some anxious thoughts. And then that's the tailspin of my life is this anxious thought of everybody's out to get me. I've got to look out over my shoulder, be prepared. Every, And we should be aware, like life is crazy now but I'm not doing my heart any good by that. I'm a shoe guy. I love nice shoes. I can scroll through Instagram and see people who've got the best sneakers in the world and instantly think I've got to have those. It's not doing my heart good to keep scrolling and to keep looking, feeding it some thoughts of like, I don't, what I have is not good enough and that God's not really protecting and looking over me. 
Jesus would say in Matthew 15, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. Even Proverbs 4 is saying, hey, let your eyes, let them look forward. Your crooked speech, put it away. Because what has infiltrated your heart is showing and coming out. When we get stuck in this process, right? Like, I love building toys with Cohen. This is one of my favorite things. And I've gotten really good at this now, but there's still moments when I'm trying to put all the pieces together and I get frustrated. There's still moments, being a student minister for seven years, there's still moments when I'm walking through life and I'm frustrated in the process and I forgot to treasure the picture. And there's so many moments where I'm like, man, I, like, I know I should be trusting God, but I, this is frustrating, and you know, life has gotten a little hard. Where are you? What is going on? God, can you hear? Are you, is the phone working? It's because we're stuck in the process, forgetting the picture. And what Proverbs 4 is saying, Solomon is saying, treasure wisdom. Even when it gets tough, even when it gets hard, Remind yourself, walk in that wisdom. Don't act in your frustration. And protect your heart. What is around you? What are the influences around you? Protect your heart. That's my prayer for us, Gateway, is that we would be people who learn to treasure wisdom. We would walk in wisdom. We would protect our heart from wisdom, making sure nothing would take us off that path. Nothing is distracting like a Krispy Kreme on the side of the road. Because Wiley desperately needs it. Because your office desperately needs it. Because the people that you're around, your family, they need it. Dads, what would it look like if we treasured wisdom so much that we're just passing that wisdom down to our sons, to our daughters? Moms, what would it look like if we walked in wisdom so much that our kids who are watching you all the time, they saw that? What would happen if we protected our heart from wisdom and started cutting out those things in our life that we're like, hey, we know that's drawing us off sides. But here's what I know. You can try and try every single day to do those things, to try to walk that out. You can't do it on your own. You can't do it in your own power. You can't do it in your own strength. You are going to mess up. How do you know? I'm exhibit A, B, C, D on. But you do have a good father who not only gave you his word, but he also wants to hear from you, to commune with you. And so response, this is what response is going to look like. I'm going to pray, and we're going to really just take that time to, uh, to just press into God and what he's doing, to ask him to give us the strength to walk in wisdom. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth that it holds to us. God, the reality that we can walk in wisdom because you've given us the cheat sheet. And we get to treasure that wisdom. God, this week as we think about what it means to protect our heart, God, allow us and open our eyes to the things that are really just distractions. As your word says in James, 
that it's really the lures of our own heart and our own desires that cause us to sin. Allow us to be wise. Allow us to see your word and see it lived out. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.